Welcome to Unbought and Unbothered. I'm your host, Thish. Hi guys, on today's episode of the Black Man Joy series, we have Chris Donaldson. Chris is a veteran, a husband, a girl dad, and a businessman. I am so glad for my big dog <laughs> to take time out of his busy schedule to hold space with me. Um, people need to know. Oh, wait. Hi guys, on today, la, 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 la. no. Hi guys, on today's episode of the Black Man Joy series, we have Chris Donaldson. Chris is a veteran, husband, girl dad, and a businessman. I am so glad my big dog <laughs> took time to hold space with me and discuss the joys of being a black man. <laughs> Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. So could you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself so they can kind of get to know you? Uh, my name is Christopher Donaldson. I was born in Montgomery, Alabama. I was raised in Port Huron, Michigan. Um, black as can be, proud as can be. Uh, three daughters, a wife, a veteran, business owner. I mean, you know. Trying to live a dream, not the American dream, but live a dream. <laughs> the black, the black dream, right? The black that. dream. So, um, you, you know, you're a businessman. What inspired you to start your <clears> own <throat> business? So, ultimately, what inspired me to start my own business was the fact that I wasn't comfortable with the concept of the way America works. The fact of you do what I tell you to do, even if you don't know, and you accept all the consequences at the end. And you you get paid what I tell you, you get paid because I tell you that's what you get paid. I'm not I'm not with none of that. So wow, start. You know what? Own, I never thought about that. Money. I never thought about that like to this very second when you said that because that's exactly what it is. And I mm-hmm. can cut off your livelihood at my whim. Yep. Like <sighs> wow. Like damn. <laughs> and I refuse to be at anybody's mercy. So I mean, ultimately, I do work for a company, but I work for a lot of my own companies. So that way, right. when they say we're done, I say okay, and I go home and sit on the couch and keep doing what I was doing. Right. So with you, okay, with that, with that kind of take on like the workforce, how did you end up being like in the army and a veteran and? Thank you for all your service, but how did you get into that? So, yes, ma'am, the Air Force, not the Army. I got to oh, stick, stick up. I got to stick up for my, stick up yes, for my guys. Yes, that you know? Air Force. <laughs> but um, ultimately, so I was young. Um, my mom had three kids. She ended up being a single parent. I was running around in the streets, getting into trouble, whatever, whatever, playing sports, trying to just being a regular kid. But ultimately, I didn't know what I was going to do in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't like uncertainty. And I knew if I went to the military, they would tell you what to do, and you, I could figure it out from there. Now, what I didn't know was what they were going to tell you to do. I didn't know. I didn't agree with any of it. I didn't know nothing. I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? So, do you think just, that's why a lot of I, I, my, a lot of black men join the army? My mom has five brothers. All five of my uncles are veterans for that reason. They went to the army because 
they want it. You know, the army that I have five in the army, four in the army, one in the Navy. Yeah. So they all join for that reason. Do you think that's why yes, most ma'am. young black men do it? Yes, ma'am. It is because people don't understand the fact that the pressure a black man is born with, period, even as a kid. So ultimately, you got this stigma over your head that ultimately you're already lazy. You don't want to do anything. You have to find a job because according to what people say, you're supposed to do that, right? Right. So we don't want to fail the standards. We don't want to be looked down upon. We don't want to be considered a bum or a lazy nigga or anything like that. So that right there is a guaranteed option that America and the rest of the world is going to look at you like you're somebody. Even though they feel like you're nobody, they'll look at you like you're somebody if you do that. And nine out of ten, they'll leave you alone more than leave the other people alone. That's why niggas join the military. Wow. Yeah, that, that's deep. So, at what age did you feel comfortable in your blackness? I've always been comfortable in my blackness. That's something that couldn't be stopped. If I enter a room, you're going to know how black I am. That's just... That is a know. fact. <laughs> my, my, my blackness is dominant. Very dominant. It won't be stopped. So... You never, so you never felt like you needed to downplay your blackness at all. Never in my life. If I have to downplay anything, it'd be somebody a little bit lighter than me. (laughs) Right. I like that. Okay. So, how would you define freedom? So, I have two thoughts on the word freedom. Okay. Because freedom is an American word, and everybody knows how most people feel about America. America feeds you what they want you to know. Like our educational system, right? It's free, right? Mm -hmm. But most of these kids coming out of school, dumb as hell. So if you take the word freedom and say it slow, tell me what it means. Tell me what it says. Free Free. and dumb. (laughs) Exactly. Wow. And that's how I feel about freedom in America. They give you all this free shit, welfare whoop the whoop to make you feel all good on the inside, makes you dumb as shit and makes you below them. You're beneath them. Yes, you're here fighting for your freedom, but your freedom is what we choose for it to be. Now, my version of freedom is what I want to do when I feel like it, because I feel like it with no repercussions, unless I warrant repercussions. And if it don't, then it don't come with none. That's freedom. Leave me alone. That's dope. So what advice would you give young black men, people under you? Oh, man. Or even, you know what, or even black men in general, because as we both know, it's grown black men out here that ain't (laughs) half the men that we are, you know, 32. Yeah, (laughs) but this is what I will say for a lot of black men, because like I say, I don't make excuses for nobody. Excuses don't live in my heart. But there are situations, you know what I'm saying? And as for being a black man in America growing up or living, period, do what you have to do to make sure your family is okay. Not you're okay. Make sure your family's okay. Because if you stay that strong and you stay that black and you stay that proud and they see you fighting for them every day in that form, that's going to be your legacy right there. Because all they've seen dad do was fight and make sure I'm straight. Seeing Papa do the same thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, on down the line. I don't want my legacy to be, you know what I'm saying, popping bottles and throwing money. I want my legacy to be here 100 years later. Like, did you know Christopher Donaldson did such and such? Because his grandkid's standing right there, and he says so. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, ultimately, 
Don't let these people down talk you. Don't let them downplay you. Don't let them tell you nothing. If it pop in your head, do it. Because if it came in your head, it's there for a reason. Do it. Because ain't nobody else going to be shit for you. Wow. I really relate to that because everybody who know me know, like, I love my dad. And even more, I love my grandfather. My grandfather been dead since 2007. And we still talk about this man. People, you know, talk about him like he's walking around because he was... He was all about us, you know, mm-hmm. and doing right. what he needed to do for us. As, let me show you how deep that legacy runs. So my grandfather, right, he died, and, my, and he was down in Luverne working on the tractor. He died on his tractor working. All I've ever known this man to do was work. My first right. pair of Jordans, you're not going to get it like them dudes. You're going to go work for it. All I know is work, right? Mm-hmm. For this podcast right here, we're doing this unbothered, you know what I'm saying? We to the point, straight with the money, getting what we got to get done. Right. I worked a 12-hour shift. I set my alarm. I woke up. I do my podcast. I go back to sleep. Go back to my day job. Hit my night job. Go check on my crew at my construction site. And then we back to it. We don't stop because we're unbothered. That's right. We here to get it. What, <clears throat> what is one common misconception of the Black man that you would like to like debunk like the stigma around the black man. Everything about him. Because ultimately <laughs> every black man is amazing. I call them unicorns because you'll never find one like another one. Yeah. Ultimately, before you put any stigma over any black man's head, you walk up to him, you shake his hand, you figure out who he is first. Because I promise you it'll shake your soul. Yeah. People see me, they see my face because I look mean, the big beard, I'm black, I'm tattoos everywhere. And they assume that I'm something that I'm not. Right. But then when they speak to me or when I'm servicing their businesses and they're like, oh, my God, that's the owner. Yes, I am. How are you doing? Right. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have judged me. You should have came and shook my hand and figured it out for yourself. So ultimately, for anybody hearing this and for black men, period, don't let nobody put nothing over your head. Don't let them stereotype you, judge you, and anybody else. Don't do it to them. Go figure out who they are. It'll surprise you. And that is exactly why I wanted this series, because... You know, I know you personally, my husband, my brother, you know, my father, like, you know, some of my homeboys, like, they don't even have a clue of how dope black men really are. They just automatically stamp y'all with things. Why do you feel like black men are often left out of things that bring joy? For instance, I literally had someone ask me, you're making a black man joy series. What does the black man have to be joyous about? And I was like, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> See that 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 that's just a small-minded uh, view on that situation. Because for me walking ten toes on this ground every day, I got a lot to be joyous about. You know, like right. the fact that when most people see me, they fear me. They don't fear me because I'm black. They don't fear me because I'm a man. They fear me because of how I was raised to be black. Right. With my head up and my chest out. I'm going to look you dead in your eye. Most people can't even look me in my eye because they fear that. Right. Listen, I, I am literally a juggernaut walking the earth as a black man. Because there's nothing that can shake me, fold me, scare me. None of that. Because I am what I am. Right. You know what I mean? So, hey. I love it. Love it. Okay, so how do you deal with stress? Oh, man. All right, well, live podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
so I'm an herbal individual and a talker. I'd rather talk about it and smoke it out rather than anything else because I refuse to get mad at a situation because once you get mad, you can't think about the next situation. You're going to fail somewhere. So I smoke, slow my thoughts down, slow the process down, grab whoever the person may be or whatever the situation may be, and I figure it out from that point. Can't let it go more than eight hours because then you're going to ruin the next eight hours. Right. So ultimately, we don't have time to waste. So whatever it is, you get it out of the way right here, right now, smoke chest and talk session, whatever it may be, woosah, rub your chest, man up, push through it. There's other shit to do. Yeah, I think that's what one of the things I like about you most is that you've always, since the day I met you, been a very direct person. Like, whatever whatever it is with Chris, you're going to get it with Chris. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> never well, see, anything people have this thing. People have this thing and they always say, well, I didn't know. So what I do is, if I see you and we have to have any kind of dealings, I'm going to tell you directly what I want from you, what I'm here for, what we are here for. So therefore, on down the line, you can never say, I didn't know. Nah, cancel the whole situation. I told you that months ago. Right. So there's no, you know what I'm saying? There's no point in being here. You have to be direct about the situation. Otherwise, everybody's confused or seem, or seem to be confused. You know what I'm saying? So go direct. Hit him in the chest. I like it. What lesson was the hardest for you to learn? Whoo, patience. Patience <laughs> in life. Why would you say patience? Because you want it all right then, or what you know, what would that be? So I'm one of them people when I see something and I want it, the driving side just turns on like a switch. Boom, gotta have it. But ultimately, because I am who I am and I don't stop at anything, it excites me because I know I'm gonna get it. But ultimately, the patience part is I would see something I wanted. I wouldn't even think about it. I just snatch it up or I would do it, not even think about the consequences or whatever, because I'm me. If I do something, I'm going to accept every consequence that come with it, no matter what it may be. However, the consequences weren't always uh, pleasurable, put it that way. Right. So throughout life, I had to learn patience is a virtue. You got to sit back and twiddle your thumb sometimes rather than just jumping out of your mouth. You might crash, you know? Right. So um, you have three daughters, correctly? Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. What does being a girl dad mean to you? Oh, man. I know they're your babies. <laughs> is the best thing in the world, I promise you. No matter what you do, if you wake up in the morning, you're a man, the way you know how to be a man, your feet hit that ground. I know for a fact there's three little ladies walking this earth that's going to love me no matter what. Because of who I am, and you know what I'm saying, just that alone. And people say, well, how is that so joyous? That goes back to the black man joy, right? right? Because that right there is my joy. And the fact that they love me the way they love me just because that's my dad. You know what I'm saying? They, the biggest, blackest, meanest thing they ever seen, but that's my dad, no matter what he does. And I love that man for what he does for me and how he raised me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you will never get anything better than that. When people raise kids, if you're not getting it for the parental joys of watching them grow and build and sports and be a better person than you are, and you're building that better person, you made the parent for the wrong reason, man, because that is amazing to me. And that's where it comes from. I think, and I... Anybody who follows you on Snap or just follow you on anything social media, 
I think they get to see how much joy you take in that, especially with your little youngest. She is so cute. <laughs> and you, I, I, um, for like when I get ready to advertise this, one of the pictures I took was you and her holding hands and walking. And I thought that was the cutest picture because she truly adores bullying you. <laughs> mm-hmm. and she, you know, she truly, and you can tell that you have you know the ultimate joy with all three of them like you can tell that your relationship with all three is different but you can tell that that just truly fills you and I mean it's it's a joy to see and what also is a joy to see is you and your beautiful wife um, Melissa I think yeah I, I I love how you you know you love her you know what I'm saying uh, recently I think I saw you guys go to like Puerto Rico Yes, ma'am. And I'm not. Is she from Puerto Rico? Uh, she's Puerto Rican, but she's Puerto from Rican. Okay. And I thought that was really dope, and that seemed like it gave you a lot of joy to be able to do that for her. Well, it does. I mean, and that's something else. But actually, being it happens for most black men. Actually, most for most black men, everything you love on earth, for the most part, is gonna be a female. Right. It's gonna be your mama. It's gonna be your grandmama. It's gonna be your daughters. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. When it comes to my wife, how I want somebody to treat my mama or my daughters is how I treat my wife. So ultimately, I mean, that's just... You You answered and answered my question for me because that's exactly what I was going to ask. Like, do you love her in the way that you would like your children to be loved? Because most, I'm not going to say most, but some men, you know, they don't show up for their children, but they'll show up for a woman or vice versa, you know. So well, I wanted to make that a clear distinction that you are joyous in both of them, which is well, pretty dope. Here's the one thing that guarantees you being joyous when you're married like that. So I wasn't always the greatest guy. I wasn't always the best guy. But the one thing she always told me to my face when we were younger, I know you ain't shit, but I know what you're going to be. And I know you got a good heart and I'll be here when we get there. And she stuck it out all the way throughout all the BS right. to get to get us right here. So now it's like, listen, you helped me become the man I am. So I ain't gonna say I owe it all to you, but I owe a lot to you. Right. So whatever you want, whatever you need, starting here today, you know what I'm saying? That's how it was for me. Because hey man, the queen protects with. the king. Always. Yes, man. Because without her, it won't be no me. I like it. Okay, so what keeps you motivated my kids and the fact that everybody expects me to fail i like the negativity i like i can't work unless it's pressure you know what i'm saying so yeah because of my background and all i've been through in life right average person looks at me and expects me to fail and i like it and i smile and i just keep pressing on because that negativity is what's making me whoop your ass right now that's why i'm straight up way that's why i'm <laughs> way way ahead of you right now yeah. cuz your negativity that's the drive baby keep driving me right i i really thrive in it i thrive in people thinking oh okay she ain't going to get a podcast all right fuck it watch this <laughs> you know i like exactly it. and what really makes it better for me is the fact that i'm from alabama okay. and everybody crack crack alabama jokes like we done i'm like listen crazy part about it is i barely even talk to people but I'm smarter than 99% of the people you know. And everybody else I know from Alabama is too. They just don't right. talk to y'all ass. Yeah. 
straight up because when I lived in Florida they you know would say stuff about my accent I'm like nigga a person from Alabama can run three circles around you guys like don't mm-hmm. sleep on us and also morals I, values and work okay <laughs> all of it across the board across the board <laughs> and also like keeping it real and doing what we say we gonna do like mm-hmm. I, you know in that area I used to always say you niggas is not built like we are like Period. We a whole different breed. <laughs> because if we tell you we're gonna do something, no matter what it may be, we're gonna do it. Please believe we're gonna do it. And they're gonna say these people crazy. We ain't crazy. We told you we was gonna yeah, do it. Yeah, make them believe it. We ain't got shit to do but to follow through. <laughs> see, see what I'm saying? That's where the direct part come out. We were talking about earlier. So they can't say, I didn't know. Oh no, we told you. I literally told you. So mm-hmm. also I noticed that you had went back to school. What was the motivation behind that? I was excited to see that. Okay, so the motivation behind the school is the fact that I don't like bosses. So with all these companies and whatnot, I need a business administrator. So I went back for business administration. I need an accountant. So I'm doing my associates in accounting. Ultimately, my husband is in school to be an accountant too. <laughs> That's why I said we we gonna we then gonna, we gonna, gonna get blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> But ultimately, I don't want anybody's hands in my finances. Right. So if I can do it all myself and teach my kids without a degree the way they say you need one, right? all the way down, I got accounts for years coming. I got business managers for years coming. I got my business running for years coming. Some people, some shit people say I never could do. I did it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's that's I, I think it's important, like, if you... I think instead of just waiting on somebody to come help us out on something or take advice from the next person, I, I am a big believer in figuring out and doing it my damn self. When I started exactly. the podcast and started thinking about my bookstore, like I knew business wasn't my stronghold. Although it's my husband's, I was like, but I need to stand on my own 10 toes just in case. Mm-hmm. I got into a business program at Cornell University and I, you know, learned how to, you know, do everything business-wise to open up this bookstore and do it on my own and licenses and what I need for this and that. So I think that's important. And also cut out the middleman. You know, we don't want to be asking nobody for shit. Nobody. I don't like asking. Me either. <laughs> okay. So what would you say you are rooted in? Rooted in, yeah. What you rooted in? What what's what's the core foundation of Chris Donaldson? The core foundation of Christopher Donaldson yeah. is Christopher Donaldson. I cannot be defined. You can't put limits hey, on me. I like that. I'm, I'm always the person. Think about it. As long as you know me, when you see me doing something, you're like, "Oh shit!" I didn't even think he was capable of doing it. <laughs> right, right. And that's what that's me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I told you I'm a unicorn. <laughs> right. Because we've had a couple of conversations. I was like, my dog, once again, he got my dog. <laughs> Man, listen. You, yeah. The, the impossible. I'm rooted in the impossible. I am the impossible because everything is possible because I'm in it. You feel me? I fucks with that. Okay. So, what would you want your legacy to be when it's all over? What are we going to say about Chris? Or what would you like? What would you like for? And I'll, although your girls are your legacy, they're so brilliant. It's smart. But what what is it in the end? 
in the end, honestly, because I'm a, I'm a deep Southern and I love my roots for real. Mm-hmm. When all my grandparents passed away, like in Alabama, we had Gunnersville, we got Cherokee. My family has cities that they left. That's their legacy. I can go home right now to Gunnersville. That's where my grandma's from. They own that. The Gunners, you know what I'm saying? And boom, I got a whole family there. Right. Ultimately, what I want is when I'm dead and gone, to have mine set up the same way. Black Wall Street style. Though. I'm talking about my family, my people, three, four, five, maybe six blocks of fucking houses and little businesses that I left to make sure I gave my people a fighting chance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love that. Because... Like when I studied on the Black Wall Street and things that like happened there, one of the things <clears throat> I had discussed with Melvin that I wanted to do was buy a shit ton of land and let's just mm-hmm. put houses and make our own thing there. Because mm-hmm. me personally, I feel like one of the worst things us as black people did was try to live and be as equal to white people. And when I say that, I mean this. Back in the day, you you weren't worried about going to like Walmart or no store for white people because we couldn't go there. We go down mm. to Mr. Jim's store and he got a grocery store and we had black grocery stores, cleaners, doctors, uh, dentists. You know, we didn't even trip about going over here. And somehow we wanted to be equal so bad that even now, it's hard to get another nigga to shop with a, you know, with a black business mm-hmm. when this is where we should be anyway. You know, the black dollar doesn't even circulate as much as we circulate the white dollar. The only time the black dollar truly circulates is for drugs. Mm-hmm. That's a sad day. You know, and I think, yeah, you know, the water fountains was a bit much, but like, where did we get so lost that, you know, fuck it. You know, like, why we didn't build a nice water fountain for our goddamn selves. <laughs> you know what I'm exactly. saying? And see, and that's the generational difference where we come in there because you already know the shit they pulled back then. Yeah. You could do all you want to. I mean, that shit ain't gonna go. Yeah. Even the water fountains, that shit ain't gonna go. Like, yeah. you gotta kill me, cuz. That's all there is to it. I say that all the time. I say, you know, it, one of two things was, you know, was gonna be my ending. Either A, I was gonna be killed or I was gonna be a Black Panther, which means I was gonna be killed anyway. So, uh, <laughs> nah, let me show you how I kind of flipped it on those. Speaking of that, so I learned what I learned in the military. I learned what I did not like about the government and the military, but I also learned what they know. So ultimately, you can't fight fire with fire. You know what I'm saying? You have to turn that shit up because I know everything they know. And ultimately, that's why I just sit back in the cut and I watch. I don't say anything. Right. Because they come with the bullshit. They train me to show them all the bullshit. So it's just like, hey, maybe Christmas over this motherfucker. <laughs> So, <laughs> you're silly. Okay, but I know you're serious, but that's what makes it so hilarious. <laughs> she was like, it's going to be Christmas. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, I, I'm not even, they, they, the listeners don't even yeah. know you mm-hmm. how I do, so they don't even care why I'm so weak. <laughs> okay. So, I want you to fit. Man, listen, I mean, we'll tell you for the, for the listeners, if you don't know me, my name is Christopher E. Donaldson Jr. I love everybody. However, I don't play games. I will lay on your roof like Snoopy and knock your whole shit off of playing with oh, okay. And that's what she's talking about. Yes. 
So I want you to fill in these blanks. And I think you just did the I am, but I'm going to ask it again. So I'm going to give you a series of blanks and I want you to just fill them in as you feel necessary. The first one is I am. I am Christopher Donaldson, a.k.a. Bam. Bam, bam. I am most fulfilled when? When I'm with my kids and my wife. Awesome. My overall intention is? To be the greatest black person to ever walk this earth and drag everybody along with me rather than just doing it on my own. I love it. So where can my listeners connect with you online? So... They can catch me on Facebook. They can catch me on. I'm about to start a Twitter. So this is the yes, whole thing. I don't Twitter. like social media. I don't like social media because I really don't like the. I'm busy, so I can't sit down right. and chit chat back and forth. But ultimately, I'm seeing that I can reach the world a lot deeper, a lot further with my social media. Especially so. Twitter. I don't like social media either. Um, in my unhealed self. I used to really do it on some attention seeking shit. And yes, y'all, I said attention seeking because that's my truth. That's what I did. Um, but, you know, now I, I live a different life. And you've known me on both sides of my life. And I don't, I don't like the people in my business or the attention. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I got diamonds for Valentine's Day and I was excited and I posted it. And then I was like, what the fuck am I doing? And then I took it down mm-hmm. because it just isn't me. But Twitter is a hilarious place, and I've grown to really, <laughs> I've grown <laughs> to really love it. And I just thought of another point that I didn't get to ask: your business with <clears throat> um, drywalling and pressure washing. Do you have you have a Facebook for that? Am I right? Yes, ma'am. I have a uh, Bam Blasted on Instagram, Bam Blasted on Facebook. I'm King Supersport on Snapchat. And as far as business goes, bamblasticoutlook.com. They can shoot it there. I'll take care of whatever they need. I started that as a power washing company mm-hmm. just for something to do extra income. But then I realized that a lot of people don't know how to do household stuff. Nope. And because I don't ask people for nothing, I know how to do everything. So what I started doing was with the power washing, I power wash the houses, whatever, and I see this is broken or that's broken. And I say, hey, listen, if your husband ain't got time, let me know. I'll do it. Right. And they would take it as I was hitting on them. And they think about it. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, well, he always say he going to get to it and he never do. And they call me back. Hey, yes, ma'am. Okay. So many ways yeah. to get paid. Because if, if nobody wants to do it, call Bam Blaster. Bam Blaster to do it. Bam will blast it. <laughs> yes, I will. Oh, my God. First of all, Chris, thank you so much for holding space with me and letting me get into your brain and your thoughts. I know that you're super private, so I really do appreciate your time. Um, I also want to let you know that your love for your family is the most important love there is. I, as a person who known you before and know you in the space that you're in now, I always am inspired by um, your level of dedication to your wife and your kids, your level of dedication to the people around you. Like you look mean with the beard, but you are a very, (laughs) you are a very loving, honest and real nigga, like a real guy. And I appreciate that in you. I appreciate you as my friend. And uh, I think, your constant work to be a better man and how you just constantly making sure that you are taking care of the people around you, but also leading us in a better way or 
being an aid to all of us. It's amazing to watch. Yeah. It's amazing to witness. I'm glad to be a part of it. And that, my dog, is why you are unbought and unbothered. Uh, you got me with your <laughs> blessing, black as hell. <laughs> see, you got that. See, that's what I'm trying to show people. You see that joy in your voice. See what I did there? <laughs> but thank you, thank you, thank oh, you for man. coming on today. Yes, ma'am. And for your listeners and for you, you know what I'm saying? Because ultimately, if I don't leave it nothing else in life, it'll be major. It's small, but it's major. Don't let nobody define you. Define them as to what they think about you. Touch them first. You feel me? Dope shit. Hey guys, don't forget to rate, review, and hit the subscribe button on the podcast if you liked it. Leave any comments and anything you would like to share. Bye guys!